Thank you so much for accepting my request for this interview, Sheila. Thank you so much for asking me. We've been connected for almost three months now, and I have watched uh, you, uh, I listened to you in many spaces. I'm highly impressed with what you do and how you interact, how you contribute to different things. So I felt like it would be great to interview you for my podcast. Every time I talk to somebody, um, either a person or a situation that shaped their career and their life. So that's what I try to, to um, extract from all these uh, interview and I hope my hope is that uh, people who will listen to this will learn that uh, uh, their life and their career is like 20 30 year and uh, there are many things will happen so just keep going oh yeah and how long have you been doing this um so I've been writing for about almost three years uh this is about six month old okay cool yeah very nice. All right. So we will start with, uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about what you do, why people should contact you and uh, um, how you can help them. The elevator pitch. Um, well, I'm a freelance copywriter. I consider myself a generalist, not a specialist. Um, I wanted to be um, in the digital marketing niche, but... <laughs> It hasn't happened that way. I have clients all over the space in different fields. So um, even though I have digital niche uh, in the digital niche marketing um, clients, I do a bit of everything. And basically I write uh, every kind of different type of marketing copy. Um, I am a strange kind of copywriter because even though I'm a direct response copywriter, I haven't been um, judged so much by the metrics. Um, it's just that people like my writing and I do all, all sorts of landing pages, email sequences. I've done sales pages. Um, I do a lot of ghost writing for Twitter as well. So that's what I do. But what I, um, I like to consider myself um, a writer for, I just infuse um, a little bit of soul to the brands. So I like to, um, my writing is basically just infuse a little humanity to, to brands to stale facts and figures and bring that emotion to, to everything they do. So that's basically what I do every day. And um, I, this is my side hustle. I do it on night and weekends because I do have a nine to five as, as well. I can understand how difficult these side hustles are. What you wanted to become when you was in high school? Actually, when I was in high school, I always wanted to become a writer because I remember I'm from Puerto Rico and the native language here is Spanish. So my Spanish teacher always told me that I was going to be a writer because she really liked the way I wrote. And I remember she even um, registered me in this competition, this writing competition, short story. And I and I I wrote for that, and she was like very inspiring and and telling me that I should write. But um, I think that society and the family and the status quo push you to certain aspects of traditional things that you should do because, as as you know, writing is not something is like. Everyone considers it to be a hobby, not a, a, mm -hmm. a full-time job. 
So I went to school and I went to the safe route and I studied biology because I, I wanted to, um, to become maybe a doctor or um, to do a master's degree in biology or, or work in a, in a pharmaceutical company, something like that. So I did that, but I remember that when I was um, finishing the last, um, the last year of, of the bachelor's degree, I was really bored with it and everyone was having a really great time. And I remember I was doing, um, I think it was a microbiology lab and everyone was doing these jokes about bacteria and everything and having this great time. And I, I wanted to kill myself because I was so bored, I hated it. And um, I said, um, that was like the moment I said, I don't want to study biology because I really don't like it. And um, I, I took a course by them because I, I was just finishing and I, I wanted um, an ECA. I took an advertising course in just finishing the bachelor degree and I loved that, that class. And when I graduated, I said, I'm going to do my master's degree in advertising. So I did my master, even though the bachelor degree is in biology, I did my master in advertising. But um, I, I always wanted to write, but I never did. Um, after I finished my master's degree, I tried to get jobs in advertising. But by that time in Puerto Rico, um, we were the first, um, the first class that graduated with a master's degree in advertising in Puerto Rico. So every door that I, I, I touched and my friends as well, um, they said that we were overqualified. So nobody wanted to give us a job because we were overqualified. And I remember that I got a, a call for a pharmaceutical sales um, job. And I, know, I knew those jobs pay really well. And I had my bio, um, bachelor's degree in biology and I said, well, why not? And that's what I've been doing for the last 15 years. <laughs> So that pharmaceutical job? Yeah, um, um, I've changed. Uh, I changed quite a lot of companies, and actually, I'm in oncology sales right now. So I, I that's my nine to five actually. And um, but two years ago, um, I remember that I wanted to use my um, my master's degree in advertising because I've never used it before. I did sales and I did marketing, but I wanted to do a role more in depth in, in marketing and advertising. So I had this um, business unit director and I wanted to apply for a job as a, as a digital marketing marketer in the pharmaceutical company that I was working. And I knew that I had all the qualifications for the job. And when I went to talk to her and I said that I would like to apply, her answer was awful. She told me that um, basically those were the big leaks and I was an amateur so um, that I really shouldn't apply because I, she, she basically told me that she wouldn't even give me the chance to interview for that role because I, 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 didn't, I didn't stand to part with, with what the job entailed. So I was so pissed about that and I was so angry because I knew that I had better qualifications than the candidates that she was actually interviewing. 
that that was the inciting moment that I said, oh, forget it. Um, I don't want to work for anyone. Um, I hate this and I, I'm going to start to write. And that's how I started in copywriting. So two years ago. Two years ago, I started um, taking a lot of courses and certifications in marketing, copywriting, and all sorts of things. Writing professionally, I've been writing for a year. Okay. But that that incident happened two years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I I heard that in one of the conversations we was having in, in one of the tutor space. And I was so impressed by that. I admire you for that that uh, you didn't take uh, somebody's word by heart. And uh, you know why I'm saying that? Because maybe 10, 15 years ago, when I wanted to become a manager, a similar type thing happened. Uh, You would reach out to either your supervisor or some colleague, or you share your aspiration, and they they would uh, make a comment that uh, is not so encouraging, right? And uh, uh, now I can see that because of those comments, I delayed to apply. I felt like I'm not ready. And, and now I can see that the other side of it, at least in my case, I didn't feel ready and I was expecting other people to show confidence so I can feel confident. I wish if I can go back and say, no, don't even ask other people. Unless you feel confident, unless you act confident and uh, really feel like from inside that you are ready, it's hard for other people to show that confidence in you. So um, I hope I can teach that now to other people who are me 15 years, 10 years ago. And I think together we can do it. Um, Yeah, but I am... You shouldn't feel bad about that because I think that we mature with with pain, with the struggles, with time. And um, I think you were younger and many people will have responded the same way as you. So you shouldn't take that by heart. And here you are after two years, uh, you have more followers <laughs> and you have more <laughs> reputation, credibility than whoever she has hired or whoever, even her herself, right? So I really admire you for that. And I, uh, congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, um, sometimes the things that we see as something really bad in the moment is a blessing in disguise because I was in my comfort zone. I was doing what I've done for so many years that I didn't, autopilot that is pharmaceutical sales that's Mm -hmm. something that I know and I think that I I do really well because I've been doing it for a long time and um, that moment was like the something that catapulted that wish for me to start writing that was what I was supposed to do (laughs) since high school so (laughs) I wait not wasted because I like my pharmaceutical sales job, but I spent all this time that I could yeah. have started writing and I waited so many years. And if, if, if it wasn't for her, maybe I wouldn't have been writing yet. So I want to dig deeper if that's okay with you. Yeah, of so, course. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but you had that conversation that day. How did you feel? 
what happened what was going on after that um i was feeling really first of all angry disappointed and i felt stuck i felt like um oh my god am i supposed to do this job for the last, for so many years from now so i felt really stuck and then i i like you that comment like started to work on your psycho in your psychology and um i started to think um maybe i'm not prepared for this maybe um she's right um maybe i should prepare more and that was what inspired me to start taking certifications and i um started to take um digital marketing courses and i took um the american marketing certification um i took it and passed it as well so um i started to prepare maybe because i i believe the lie that she told me that i wasn't prepared mm -hmm. but it in the long run it's helped me a lot because now i feel like i i have all the skills and knowledge that i need obviously is i is something that you have to work each day and you keep learning but it was something that in the long run really helped me I'm, i'm assuming it took some days or weeks or month for you to kind of get over it i don't remember exactly but i um <laughs> i think that i was so angry and i wanted to um prove her wrong that I think that within the first like two days, I started to uh, look for information about um, um, digital marketing course. Okay. And two I days. enrolled like two days and I enrolled really fast in one that was free. That was the first course yeah. that I took. That is the Google digital marketing course. That is 40 hour course. Mm -hmm. And I took that. And after that, I immediately enrolled in other courses. So um i i didn't um spend a lot of time ruminating about what she said um I'm, mm -hmm. i consider myself to be action oriented um i'm not really like planner i don't like a lot of planning i'm just in the execution part that's yeah. that's more myself awesome so within two days like within one week you was you turned that um sadness into actions and then once you took action you was flying yeah so what happened after you you did all these courses how did you reach to the point where you have 21000 followers on twitter well um in in january 2021 i took um the first copywriting course and i ended with a complete portfolio a whole sales funnel and i wrote for a digital marketing brand and um but after that i had the knowledge and i have the whole portfolio but you start from scratch so i didn't have any clients so mm -hmm. I, i i remember that by that time because um i took the course with alex catoni and she said that one of the ways that you could get clients it was to build a personal brand but she, um she was talking about instagram because she um she mostly uses youtube and instagram and um i remember i don't like instagram that much because 
I, I think that is more vanity oriented and I'm sorry for those that love Instagram, but it's not my personal preference. And um, I remember that I, uh, I try out Twitter because I said, this is not um, photos mm -hmm. of people and it's just thoughts. So um, I remember I started on Twitter as everyone else. I suck. I didn't have any idea what I was doing. And I started to, to post tweets about copywriting, but um, um, you learn in the way, along the way, um, um, when I started putting those tweets, I got zero likes. <laughs> and that hurts. That hurts your self-esteem because you say, oh my God, I, I suck so bad. I'm not going to keep posting. But anyway, I kept posting, but I, I didn't do it as constantly. I just did it three times a week or something like that. But I remember that very early on, um, I started like posting on May or June on Twitter. And maybe by June or July, one person approached me and said, oh, I really like your tweets. Can you help me? Um, I'm going to launch a, a product. It was um, a FinTech product and he wanted me to write some blog articles and do his homepage. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this mm. person has so much faith because I've never written for anybody. Um, I didn't tell him that, that he was going to be my first client <laughs> because I wanted him to believe that I, I was very professional, but I was very honest with him that I was a new copywriter. He just didn't know that I, he was actually my first <laughs> client. <laughs> so, um, but something that helped me, I remember that when I checked the copy that he had already, I said, I can do something better than this because the, the copy wasn't, that good and um that was my first try and because i had that person that trusted me inspired me to write more constantly on twitter because if he liked just one of my tweets maybe other people will like it mm -hmm. so um i started posting more constantly i remember in august 2021 i joined the tweet 100 challenge with jay claus and I think that was the main point there where I started to get traction on my account because every post that you did, you you use the hashtag tweet 100, the tweet 100 hashtag. And it that gave you a little bit more, more exposure because that, there were a lot of people doing the challenge. So okay. it, it kind of amplified your tweets. And that was, I started getting followers, not a lot of followers, but I started getting followers. By September, I took Sahil Bloom's audience building course. Okay. So he basically, he basically teaches you how to write the hooks for the tweets, um, the distribution, and mm -hmm. that helped a lot. And also, um, he basically um, built this community of the people that took the course and we became like a family, like friends. And we have this channel and every time one of us posted, we um, interacted with those posts and amplify it. So that was the second thing that helped me grow a lot. And that was in September. And after September, that was when 
the account started to grow and grow and thankfully it's been it's been doing well but there's no secret my secret is that i write consistently every day i show up um i usually post three times a day so that's that's basically the main recipe just stay consistent and show up every day we'll come back on this how do you manage all this when when you got this first client how did you come up with the pricing did he suggest a price or you came up with it or what happened no i came up with it but um we had a from the course that i took with alice katoni she gave us a pricing guide for, for okay. when you are a new copywriter so i had that as my guide um i also um downloaded the um aw awai guide that um usually um american writing association um guides it has all the prices too so um i i use those as my guides to to charge but obviously you are new you don't have any testimonials you don't have social proof so basically those those guys give you a price price range so i always went, went with the lowest one because I, I I didn't even, of course you want the money, but I just wanted the testimonials and the social proof. Mm -hmm. So that, that was how I set my price and I went really, really low. <laughs> Are you happy with your journey so far? I am. I'm really happy. I think I've been blessed. And like I say, I haven't been writing for that long, just a year and in a year, I've ha I had a lot of clients and I, I've done a, a real different things and different copy assets. And I have so many opportunities to write for great people. For example, right now I'm, I'm, I'm writing for um, a marketer, a digital marketer that I really admire. And when he approached me, I was I can't believe he wants me to write for him because I've, I've admired this person for so long. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also, I've written for HubSpot that I, I never in a million years, I thought that I could write for them because HubSpot is a huge brand. So um, in a year, I think that um, I've been more than lucky and I'm super happy with, with my journey so far. And I love to write and I'm happy writing. So. I'm I'm really really glad how it's turned out. And all these opportunities are coming to you rather than you approaching them. They are coming to me. Um, I um I like I don't even have yet, and I know that's that's not something that is right. I should have one, but I don't even have um a web page yet. Um. I get approached through DMs all the time. So all my clients write, um, approach me. I don't, I don't use any job board or I don't have, like I said, the site. So they get, um, I get approached through direct message. What did work for you? I mean, did you try to find out? Um, yes, I fast. Um, and they always point to some tweet that I did that they love. Usually it's a thread um for example i remember a sales thread that i did and that got me a client i um one just one single tweet that i did that got me another client 
So they they are they always tell me it was this tweet or it was this thread um, or maybe I've been following you for a few weeks or a few mm -hmm. months and I like your writing style and that's why I approach you. So they they do tell me why. So before we jump into the next section, I wanted to ask you if somebody's starting today like me, what would you advise? First of all, if you don't have that many that much time to write original tweets, first of all, you should add value to other people's audience. You don't necessarily need to build your audience right away. I think that you can like steal someone else's audience and just by providing value and real value. It's not that, um, let's say that in, in your case, like you're saying you're a new writer. So if your niche is going to be about writing, copywriting, marketing, just look for the biggest accounts in your space. And when they do a tweet, just try to add value to that tweet. Um, and it's not, oh, I love this. Oh, this is great. Mm -hmm. That doesn't add any value to, to that person or to that person's audience. Just amplify that tweet just by adding your own voice and more value. And um, that will be my first step. The second step is, of course, you should try to um, start to write your own tweets, um, single tweets. And um, the, you have to do it consistently. And the way to learn how to write tweets is just by following the accounts, the bigger accounts. And mm -hmm. there's a, a rhythm and a cadence and a wordplay for, for Twitter. And you just have to figure it out and you will figure it out if you analyze the people that have a lot of followers, you will see mm -hmm. how they write, why they write. And for example, you will always see in the single tweets that there are two main parts for, for a single tweet. It's going to be your hook is the first sentence, but this, the last sentence is equally important because I think that the last sentence is the one that um, gets you the retweets. The first sentence is the one that um, gets people to read it, but the last sentence is the one that is going to get you a retweet. So um, just study those big accounts. For example, um, I remember that when I started, I, I remember studying JK Molina's tweet, writing to Riches, um, Amanda Natividad, I love her content. Those are of people that, that know Twitter really well and do well, Blake and Mal, those type of, of accounts. I just study their tweets to get a sense of, of what works on Twitter and just modify it to my own voice. I'm not going to plagiarize because that, that doesn't work and right. every, people will notice, but that will be my second uh, advice to do that. If you want to improve your tweets, just look for people in your niche that tweet consistently and just try to analyze those tweets to see what is working and what is not. Great advice. Thank you. How you manage all this? How your day, typical day or a week look like? <laughs> a disaster. <laughs> um, um, people um, listening or, or people that are going to see this, I don't advise anyone to follow this. <laughs> because it's not sustainable. And um, for example, my typical day, I get up at 4.10 in the morning to go to the gym. I get, um, I go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning. 
because that's the only chance I get. If, if I don't go at that time, I won't go in the day. So I go um, at five, then I come here and I do breakfast and take my kid to school. I'm a single mom, so I have to take him to school. I leave him in school and I go to my nine to five. And, um, it's really demanding nine to five. Then I go pick my, my kid at school. I come here, I study with him. And when I finish studying with him, I start writing and I write. Um, I almost every night I write for two or three hours. So um, I almost every day just sleep for hours. And I know it's not sustainable and, and it's not something that I, I will tell people to do, but it's what I... It's the only time that I have because um, I have a lot on my plate. So that's my typical day. And on weekends, I write to for my, for my clients. The weekend is for client and other days is for you. For example, my single tweets and my threads, I do write them mostly at nights uh, or on the weekends. I on, on the weekends, I try to write my threads uh, or my or try to to write the single tweets for the weeks, although I don't necessarily can do that every time. Sometimes I just do it daily, um, but I write for my clients at nights, on weekdays at night and on week on weekends. Okay. I forgot to ask a question around uh, the platform. So you're focusing on Twitter, but I'm sure you thought about medium.com. There are hundred other sites. You just focus on Twitter. I just focus on Twitter. I don't use any other um, social media site. Why? Because I, I definitely don't have the bandwidth to take any other. I've thought about linking because I yeah. think audiences are more similar and the type of content that I post on Twitter, maybe I can post on LinkedIn, but I don't have the bandwidth to, because if you post on a, on a platform, you have, it's not just the posting, you have to answer the comments and interact with people that, um, that follow you and that like your comments. So if I use another platform, it's going to take me a lot of more time, even mm -hmm. though if it's the same content, I will have to engage with the people that follow me on the other social site. So I don't want to go crazy and I don't have the bandwidth to do that. And there are tools that allow you to be central and push to multiple platform. Yes. But I don't know how the interaction looks like there. Yes, there are tools, but um, I'm an advocate against that because I hate cross-posting. I mm. think that um, no one should use cross-posting. There's a certain um, art or rules to every platform. And even though the content might be very similar, for example, for, from Twitter to LinkedIn, um, you should always tailor that content for every platform. So for me, cross-posting is a big no-no. Mm. I hate it. I think this is your focus and um, um, it's been a year and a half almost and you've been focused on this platform. I think that's one big reason for your success. i give you my example. I started making clips to post to Twitter Instagram and uh, TikTok so that other people can see and come here. And obviously this is all 
big distraction. It's a lot. And you have a nine to five. So that's yeah. doing a lot. With your full time, with your writing, you still find uh, time for joining all the spaces on weekend. I've caught a little bit on the spaces. I was doing the two regular spaces on Saturdays, one at one and another one on, at two AST. But um, I've caught back on those because um, I was I was doing too much and I was I, um, my sanity and I was burned out. So yeah. I decided to start cutting a lot of things because um, I was sleep deprived and trying to juggle everything. So I, it, it, it got to a point that I was, um, I wasn't feel as maybe excited about everything because I was too tired. So I, I, I'm trying to dedicate, um, I write for my clients on the weekend, but um, I, I try to, do as little spaces that I can because I, I don't want to. And you said you only sleep four hours, right? That's what you said. Four. How long have you been doing this? For a few months. <laughs> For a few months. No, it's not every day, of course. Um, sometimes I, I get more, more hours, but I will say that's the standard, my standard on the weekdays. I try to catch up on the weekends, but you know that doesn't work. Um, mm -hmm. So I try on Saturdays and Sundays get a little bit on more sleep. But um, I'm just I'm just giving this like two more months because, like I say, it's not sustainable. I'm just going to finish with the clients that I have, and from a few months from now, I'm just going to take uh, like half the clients because I'm going out of my mind. <laughs> How do you manage your time? I, I work with deadlines. I know some people don't like them, but I'm deadline oriented. So I have to give myself deadlines because if not, um, the job won't get done. So, um, and I try to do um, deadlines that challenge me, not um, so, um, so loosely that it's like not having a deadline. No, I, I give myself deadlines and and I do it in writing in my proposals. So, um, so mm -hmm. far I have stick to every deadline for my clients. I hope that I can keep doing it. Um, for me, it's something very important because that um, you don't have to be the greatest writer in the world. Of course you have to write well, but if you're an accountable person that's what your clients are looking for. And that's something that is not easily found everywhere. So um, I try to be as accountable as I can to, to keep my clients happy. Do you do any kind of uh, block hours or um, uh, like some, some people use Pomodoro type thing or some people use those four blocks? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes I, I've tried to use the Pomodoro and I have a Chrome extension that is basically the Pomodoro technique um, and I've used it and it's really good but um, like I said I don't have I, I know a lot of, uh, of other writer, writers that are my friends I have all these productivity hacks and everything I, I, I don't I don't work like that I just have a deadline and I know that I have to do it and I just sit and write and keep writing. 
or doing research or whatever I'm doing. That's how I work. Um, I I I just get it done. I don't have um, I don't have a choice, but I don't use those hacks and productivities because I think I'm old school. <laughs> uh, do you use any application or a list, a paper list for your task list? Um, I use, um, I, I like to, to use my notebooks and I have everything written down. I'm a, I use handwriting. I know. I'm, I'm really, no, this is amazing. This is, you, you, I'm really old school. I'm old. <laughs> I think you don't need all these because it's needed by the people and people like me that if I'm doing something and then I easily get distracted to open my Twitter or Facebook or something, and, I, and and in seconds you you see that fifteen minutes or thirty minutes are gone. Yeah. And you don't have. I mean, you your discipline already to to just focus on work, and you're not being distracted by other things. So I think you don't need. That's why you don't need other other tools. Yeah. Um. I I I still have a lot of improvement to do because. Um, the phone is a huge distraction and I try to hide the phone, but sometimes I just keep it on my side and it deters everything that you are doing. So I think that I have to still um, improve, in, especially with the phone to help my productivity. And phone is in phone call or uh, social? So Twitter. Twitter okay. because I don't I don't use any other I don't I rarely check my Facebook I I yeah. rarely use Instagram and those are the two social sites that I have on social media I'm linking I have it but I don't use it as often as Twitter okay. so it's just Twitter where do you see yourself in like two years or five years wow that's a that's a hard question because I'm sure right you've now, been thinking about it, right? Especially between your full-time job and this. Um... Yes. Um, it's for me, it's my copywriting agency is doing really well. So, um, of course, I've thought about um, just investing full-time on the copywriting agency. The thing is that I do like my nine to five, so it's a difficult decision mm -hmm. to do. And but um, maybe I stay with both. But I think um, I would like to. My my goal is to amplify my copywriting agency and trying to bring other people to distribute the work because I do have a lot of work right now. And I would like to have other um, writers helping me and maybe just I'm just tackling more the administrative side and having other people help me with the writing. So that's what I see myself doing two years from now. Um, maybe um, monetizing my audience um, in a different way. Um, and I hate that. I, I don't, I hate that we're monetizing the audience because it seems so transactional. So um, not monetizing, but maybe um, because right now um, I'm, I'm asked sometimes through the DMs, actually it's been increasing that the, the people that are asking me for a course on copywriting. So maybe that's something that I want to, um, to explore down the line and 
not just writing, but maybe consulting, copywriting and everything. So that's where I see my journey two years from now, but I definitely will keep growing my copywriting agency. And I plan, I plan to bring other people to work with me as well. That I have hired somebody to help me with my writing so I can focus more on the video side. Um, and it's an offshore person and uh, um, she was able to match uh, to how I think and I write. And um, so she does uh, all the research, all, all the, the, the groundwork, and then um, I can go back and still do the fine tuning. But Sheila, I'm in the exact same boat as you. Um, I love my full-time job. And uh, I've been growing in that job for last many years, some senior manager there. And I get to work with like 50 people, 100, uh, 50 people within the department plus another 50 outside the department. And we recently have had a big go live um, and I get to play a major role in that. Like I've worked with almost 100 people and uh, I was able to contribute to what they were doing by uh, again, connecting the dot, bringing people together and making sure we are working on the highest priority item. Um, so it's so fascinating. You don't want to leave that, but at the same time, you have this other thing, right? And uh, uh, this will not become big until you, you I mean, you, you're living in two boats. Yeah. And I get a scared of thinking that what if if this big too big i will have to leave this right i and i can echo to what you're going through yeah it's i i don't have an answer for that because yeah. it's a difficult decision but i think that we are lucky because if we like our nine to five plus right. or side hustles i think we are more than lucky because I don't know the statistic right now, but I think it was like 70% 70, 70 of people hate their jobs. So yeah. if we have two jobs that we love, we are above the statistic and we are very lucky. That's so, so good. Right, you, you're right. You gave me a completely new perspective. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so people hate their jobs and... We have two and we love both. So um, I, I think that this is a glass half full type of thing. Yeah. All right. So moving to the next section, I wanted to ask you, is there any question that I have not asked, but you want to answer? I don't think so. I, I just get asked a lot on the number. I, there are two questions that I get asked every day on the DMs. And one is how do I start copywriting? The second is the resources that I need to start copywriting. And the first question I always tell everyone, there's no one size fit all answer mm -hmm. to how do I start copywriting? I have a lot of copywriter friends and I don't think that we all started different ways. So I think that what works for me doesn't necessarily work for another person. But to start copywriting, you just need to want to learn because there are so many free resources and I've put 
two very good resources on Twitter. The one, the last one that I did, it was 21 free resources to, to learn copywriting. And the other one was the resources that I actually used to grow my skills as a copywriter. So you have YouTube channels, you have podcasts, you have blogs, you even have, um, you have courses that are free. You have like the Neville Medora's copywriting course. He has a short free course. It only takes like 40 minutes, but you get the fundamentals. And um, you got the digital marketing certification from Google Garage. So that's an awesome resource. And you get a certification that is valued and you can use it in your resume if you want it. So um, I think there's so many available resources right now for anyone who wanted to start copywriting so that there are no excuses. Maybe um, you don't have necessary the, the budget to do a really expensive course because sometimes copywriting courses can be a, a bit on the high end side. But there are so many amazing free resources that you don't really have to pay a course if you don't want to. So just start um, just start writing. And my number one advice for anyone, um, I think Twitter is the best platform to um, learn copywriting because you only get 280 characters. So it will teach you more than any course because you have to learn conciseness and you have to learn um psychology consumer behavior you have to learn um triggers hooks so just start writing on twitter and you will learn copywriting i will add one more thing is to focus on one platform or one thing you cannot just do copywriting in youtube and tiktok and no. 10 other things um i think that when you're starting you have to focus just on one platform, on one area. When you um, have grown your skills to a certain level, then you can diversify to other platforms because in the end it will help you. But when you're starting out that you don't quite get the platform, you just have to focus to re get really good at that one. My last question, what is your message to the audience? My message to the audience is that there are no timelines, that you can do anything that you want and change your life, what you're doing anytime. Because for example, um, I think Twitter is so much advice if you're in your 20s and if you are a young guy or a young girl or whatever, but what about the people that are in their 30s, in their 40s, and they still don't have all their life figured out? So I think that my message is that there are no timelines. The timeline, you make the timeline and you make it work for whatever. So if, if you are not satisfied with the way your life is going, your career is going, the best time to change it is right now. I did it, it was, and it has worked for me and I'm so happy right now writing. So if anyone is feeling that they don't have the excitement or the joy that they need in their life, in their career or anything, the time to do it is just right now and you can do it, anybody can do it. And 
there are no expectations or when to start or what to do. Just go with your gut and do what you are meant to do. That's an awesome advice. <laughs> Thank you. And I forgot to ask you, um, did you know Noel before or you met him in Twitter? I met him in Twitter. Um, we were actually introduced by another friend. He's, um, he's Bernie. Um, he introduced us because he, I remember he sent me a DM. He said, um, crazy thing. I just met another person from Puerto Rico. And I was like, yeah, because in, in, I haven't met a lot of Puerto Ricans on Twitter. And he, he told me, do you want me to introduce, um, to introduce the two of you? And I said, uh, he told me he's a copywriter as you. And I was like, Puerto Rican and a copywriter, <laughs> that, that's weird. And um, he did introduce us and we become friends and Noel is a dear friend, he's great. He's an amazing copywriter, so much more experience than me. So I think he's great and it's been a blessing to have him as a friend on Twitter and on real life. His story is so fascinating. He's, he's a person who, uh, has gone through a really tough phase in like for eight, nine years. I did the interview with him. That interview is where I went deep and deep uh, into his story. And, and I told him that uh, that a story will help so many people. Um, he's an amazing guy. One of the kindest people. Um, I think that the struggles the people who have the most struggles are usually the kindest people. So that's Noel in a sentence for you. Thank you so much, Sheila. It was uh, a fun conversation. I admire you a lot. You know that. Uh, and and um, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, no, thank you for taking time to um, talk to me and appreciate it. And I wish you so many blessings and just keep growing and doing what you're doing because I think that you're going to do great. So thank you for having me. Good night. Good night. Take care. Thank you.